Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Lecture Fan Podcast for March 2nd, 2021, Tuesday night. Second biggest podcast of the week after the Monday. Welcome, everybody. Oh, my gosh. The Dr. Seuss being canceled. Oh, my word. The left is out of control. Cancellation block. And if you don't cancel... it. it, it the, the, the best path to joining the woke, by the way, is to cancel yourself preemptively. And this is precisely what is happening to Dr. Seuss. So Dr. Seuss's books are classics of children's literature. He's the greatest children's author for kids who are under the age of seven of all time. It is not close. I read Dr. Seuss books to my kids pretty much every day. Okay, but according to a Virginia school district, Dr. Seuss's birthday can no longer be touted on Read Across America Day. The Yeti. What's up, Yeti? Yo, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? By the way, I own all of them. You should buy them today. They're great for your kids. The the notion that this is that <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's what you that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do with this cancel culture stuff is to say screw you authoritarians, screw you woke fascists. I'm not doing it. I'm going to go find these books that you're trying to cancel and these books that you're trying to burn just because you're trying to burn them. I am going, this is what leftists don't understand about human nature. Leftists don't understand this about human nature, that if you ban something, then people want it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, um, okay, so every time leftists burn a book or want to burn a book, everybody's going to want the book. Dude, these Dr. Seuss books are now going for like $1,000 on the internet, on eBay. So preposterous. That's because everybody wants them. And we all should get them. Every time the left wants to burn a book, we should all go out and buy that book. Let's see what's in the news on Drudge. Oh, the biggest news today is Texas, baby. The biggest news today is Texas lifting the mask mandate. Texas reopening 100%. It's great news for America. Great news for Texans. Look at Drudge with the red the red headline, Masks Off Texas. ABC News reporting, March 2nd, 2021, Texas becomes biggest U.S. state to lift COVID-19 mask mandate. Congrats, Texas. Congratulations, Texas. Texas is lifting a COVID-19 mask mandate that was imposed last summer but has only been lightly enforced. Should, should I start bringing up all of the different graphs? Should I start bringing up all the graphs that show COVID-19 cases and COVID-19 hospitalizations and, and show where the and when the mask mandates went into place? And so then we can determine based on the number of cases and the number of hospitalizations and the date of the mask mandate, whether they were pretty effective or not. ABC says, quote, Texas is lifting its mask mandate. Governor Abbott said Tuesday, making it the largest state to end an order intended to prevent the spread of coronavirus that has killed more than 42,000 Texans, parenthesis, according to the official numbers. Republican Governor Greg Abbott has faced sustained criticism from his party over the statewide mask mandate, which was imposed eight months ago, as well as other restrictions on businesses that Texas will scuttle next week. The mask order was only ever lightly enforced, even during the worst outbreaks. The state is removing limits on the number of diners or customers allowed inside businesses, Abbott said during a news conference at a restaurant in Lubbock. He said the new rules would take effect March 10th, that's so weird. It's like, dude, just make them effective immediately. Why do, why do we have to wait another week to have our freedom back? Why do we have to wait another week to have our freedom back, Mr. Abbott? 
Quote, the state is removing limits on the number of diners or customers allowed inside businesses. Unleashing a wave of alarm from big city mayors and leaders along the U.S.-Mexico border where the virus has been rampant. Removing statewide mandates does not end personal responsibility, said Abbott. It's just not, it's just that now state mandates are no longer needed, he said. Federal health officials this week urgently warned states not to let their guard down, warning that the pandemic is far from over. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I live in a state that got rid of its mask mandate as well. I live in Montana where we got rid of our mask mandate several weeks ago. Let me tell you something. People have not stopped wearing masks. Sadly, I mean, here's the sad truth, though. Even when this, the mask mandate goes away, people still wear masks. Now, maybe that's a good thing. Frankly, I I will wear a mask if um, if I'm around, you know, like an elderly person or uh, somebody who I work with or a client who's maybe high risk and they want me to wear a mask. I'll wear it out of respect for other people and I'll wear it if a business demands it. But if it's a play, I would personally rather not. And when I go into places where it's not required, I don't wear it um, under the under the reasoning that um, everybody knows masks are not required here. Everybody knows that everybody here is not wearing masks. ABC News article goes on. Still, governors across the U.S. are easing corona restrictions like the rest of the country. Texas has seen the number of cases and deaths plunge. Hospitalizations are at the lowest level since October. The seven-day rolling average of positive tests has dropped to 7,600 cases. Only California and New York have reported more COVID deaths than Texas. Absolutely reckless, California Governor Newsom, a Democrat, tweeted. Texas is doing away with the restrictions just ahead of the spring break holiday, which health experts worry could lead to spread as more people try. Oh, I'm so sick of hearing about it, dude. I'm so sick of hearing about it. The health experts, the health experts are concerned about more spreading and the health experts are worried about a surge of corona cases if people have fun. No fun allowed. No fun allowed. The experts are scared about potentially surging cases. No fun, no fun allowed. These people are just so, such negative Nancys. ABC News report. She said the recent deadly winter freeze in Texas that left millions of people without power forcing families to shelter closely with others who still had heat could amplify transmission of the virus in the weeks ahead, although it remains too early to tell. Masks, she said, are one of the most effective strategies to curb the spread. <laughs> masks are the most effective strategy, which is why in so many places all around the world, we put in mask mandates, and then a couple weeks later, you have surging, surging cases. Early in the pandemic, Abbott stripped local officials of their power to implement tougher corona restrictions, but now says counties can impose mitigation strategies if virus hospitalizations exceed 15% of all hospital capacity in the region. However, Abbott forbade local officials from imposing penalties for not wearing a face covering. Retailers and other businesses will still be allowed to impose capacity limits and other restrictions on their own. Abbott imposed a statewide mask mandate in July during a deadly summer surge, but enforcement was spotty at best and some sheriffs refused to police the restrictions at all. As the pandemic dragged on, Abbott ruled out a return to tough COVID-19 rules, arguing lockdowns do not work. Good. Of course they don't work. If lockdowns and mask mandates worked, we wouldn't have spiking cases over and over again throughout this entire thing. The head of the Texas GOP at one point led a protest outside the governor's mansion. Wow. Mayors in Texas' biggest cities argued Abbott wasn't doing enough. 
Most of the country has lived under mask mandates during the pandemic, with at least 37 states requiring face coverings to some degree. But those orders are increasingly falling, by the way, said North Dakota, Montana, and Iowa have lifted mask orders in recent weeks. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. North Dakota, Montana, Iowa, Texas. We're the free states. We are now known as the free states, as opposed to the lockdown mandate states. Here's a Las Cruces Sun News article from a day ago. A Donya Anna County Detention Center officer facing termination for declining a corona vaccine is suing county manager and detention center officials over the mandate. The complaint stems from a directive Messiahs issued in January requiring county-employed first responders, sheriff's deputies, firefighters, and detention center officers receive one of the two vaccines against corona. Detention officer Isaac Legarada claims in a federal complaint that mandating employees take vaccines that are not fully approved by the federal FDA violates the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. Interesting that it's based on a statute as opposed to a constitutional issue. Federal law requires disclosures to individuals about an unapproved product, including risks and benefits, with the option to accept or refuse administration of the product, of the consequences, if any, of refusing administration of the product, and of the alternatives to the product that are available and of their benefits and risks. Oh, okay, interesting. So federal law requires you to have the option to accept or refuse a, a, a product, which is probably defined in the act to include such things as the vaccination. The, Fed, the, the CDC Advisory Committee stated last summer that vaccines under emergency use authorizations may not be mandated. Yeah, dude, think about that. Not only are they mandating you to take a vaccine and, and violating your privacy rights and, and throwing my body, my choice out the window and, and forcing you to undergo medical procedures that you may or may not want, but it's an emergency use authorization. It hasn't even been through the full authorization process. It's an emergency use authorization, which means it may or may not be fully studied. Here's a really, really important question I have for liberals and Democrats. This is very important because it goes to a lot of different issues and a lot of different subjects. If you liberals and Democrats out there, you guys are so 100% sure, 100% positive that all of these coronavirus vaccines are completely safe, totally fine, totally legit, even though they're under emergency use authorizations, even though the only reason we had them is because of Operation Warp Speed, which basically got rid of a lot of the regulatory requirements uh, and, and sped up this process. So this whole process of, of approving a vaccine is supposed to, I guess it takes years and years and years, four, three, four, five years or something like that um, in multiple long-term studies and all these different things. If you guys are so sure that this these particular vaccinations are so safe, despite not going through all of that entire regulatory process, then why don't we just get rid of the regulatory process entirely? Why do we need all of this other stuff? Or, or... Are you liberal Democrats actually willing to admit that this was a sped up process? And ideally, ideally, we don't go through this sped up process where none of the none of these regulations have to be followed. And if you admit that, 
then you can certainly understand why somebody might not want to take the vaccination. All right, back to this article. Messiah wrote that unless employees were granted an accommodation, being vaccinated is a requirement and a condition of ongoing employment with the county. Legoretta states in the complaint that he has been written up at work and threatened with losing his job if he does not take the vaccine in violation of the law. I mean, if you're the if you're the county, your obvious legal argument is that this doesn't violate the law. We are giving him the option to to not take it or take it. We're not forcing him to take it. It's just that if he wants to work here and he wants to continue to be employed here, then he's going to take it. But we're not forcing him to take it. He doesn't have to take it. He can leave the job. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens with that lawsuit. I hope that I hope that person who is suing to prov to not lose his job over be or over refusing the vaccine. I hope he wins. Here's an article from YourEerie.com. Governor Wolf revises mitigation order on gatherings and lifts out-of-state travel restrictions. This is from March 1st, so yesterday. As COVID-19 cases continue to decline and the state's vaccination plan has amplified, the Wolf administration announced revised and lifted mitigation restrictions that are effective statewide today. Pennsylvania is taking a measured approach to revising or lifting mitigation orders. The reason we are seeing cases drop can be attributed in part to people following the mitigation efforts we have in place. Wow, really? He really thinks that masking and social distancing and hand washing are making a big difference and need to keep continue even as we see more and more people fully vaccinated. The Archdiocese of New Orleans has advised Catholics against receiving the new Johnson & Johnson Corona vaccine, calling the window shot morally compromised. The religious organization said the new vaccine should be avoided due to its link to an abortion-derived cell line used in the vaccine's development and production. But Pfizer and Moderna are morally acceptable because only some lab testing utilized stem cells from aborted fetuses, making their connection to abortion extremely remote. Weird. Why? Why? I didn't even know. I didn't know that these vaccines are use uh, used of abortion-derived cell lines, huh? The use of stem cells from aborted fetuses for medical purposes has long been decried by the Catholic Church as morally illicit. However, the Vatican seemingly okayed the use of such vaccines in December, writing, quote, all vaccinations recognized as clinically safe and effective can be used in good conscience with the certain knowledge that the use of such vaccines does not constitute formal cooperation with the abortion from which the cells used in production of the vaccines derive. Well, of course, the Vatican's saying that the Johnson & Johnson shot is a viral vector vaccine. It works by delivering harmless DNA virus called an adenovirus. It has been genetically modified, so it cannot make copies of itself in humans or cause disease, like a box that contains a user-friendly handbook on anything and everything coronavirus. These types of viruses cause the common cold, so they're good for transporting things into humans. The modified virus carries specific instructions into our cells, that teach them how to make the spike protein the novel coronavirus uses to infect people. That's incredible, man. I mean, the technology with this is truly incredible. Personally, I think uh, my opinion is that you, you have to define what you're talking about with liberal. Liberal has obviously lots of meanings. 
traditional like a traditional liberal is something totally different than a modern day american liberal and so that's why the word is so confusing to people because modern day american liberals uh, are not liberal in the traditional sense whatsoever so that the the word liberal is like you have to when you're using the word liberal you have to clarify are you using the word liberal in its modern day american political sense like a liberal democrat most quote unquote liberal democrats are like pretty much leftists in the in the sort of sense of they're on the left so in that way in that sense if you actually just do it that way it's like it's, that's not there's really not a there's not a, a massive difference i understand though what the what a lot of people say oh a, a liberal a liberal doesn't believe in socialism and authoritarianism whereas a leftist a leftist is gonna is a socialist and a communist it's like okay so a leftist is just further left than a liberal who's further left than a center person it's like okay whatever that's not really productive way to talk about it because all it does is then I mean, I get it though. I get it that there there are different. It's a def it's a definitional argument, you know. It's I, I would rather instead of d arguing about how do we categorize people's political viewpoints, I'd rather argue about the actual merits of the of a particular viewpoint or a policy itself, as opposed to what should we label it. And I just think it's so annoying how everybody's like, oh, he's not a liberal, or no, he's not a leftist, or no, he's not a he's not a conservative. You're not, what? It's like whatever, dude. It's just such an annoying debate for me. It's a meaningless debate. It's like who cares what they're labeled? The fact of the matter is, is they support policies that go against the Constitution. They support policies that lead to socialism. Call him a liberal. Call him a leftist. Call him a progressive. Call him a Democrat. Call him a whatever you want. It doesn't matter. They support policies that go against the Constitution and lead to socialism. Call him whatever you want. Whatever. I get it. People want to distinguish between liberals and leftists as based on how far how far left you go. Yeah, Hydra. I'm all. I'm all. One of the reasons I'm. A, I'm totally opposed to the left hijacking labels, which is what they always do. And so now they're trying to they're trying to hijack the, the the word liberal again. So liberal liberal has meant you support the Democrat Party, um, you support all of these policies that the Democrats have pushed for the last hundred years. That's a liberal. Now now they're trying to change it to where no no a, a liberal a liberal is actually a conservative. Uh, no if 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 you support these other ideas no you're not a liberal you're a leftist. Because liberals are actually conservatives. Liberals liberals believe in freedom and, and individual liberty. So liberals are actually conservatives. So look at the Democrats. The Democrats have a lot of liberals. And we know now liberals are conservative. So look, the Democrat Party is a good party because the Democrat Party has essentially a bunch of conservatives. I mean, they're liberals. They're liberals, but they believe in freedom and, and the Constitution. So they're actually conservatives. So vote Democrat because it's a conservative party. I'd, I'll, I'll define myself as a constitutionalist all day long, you know. And of course, they're trying to hijack the, they're trying to hijack the the term conservative too. They're trying to hijack the term conservative to mean something that it doesn't. They're trying to hijack the word conservative to actually mean left wing in terms of fascism, left wing fascism. They try to con claim as conservative um, theocracy. They try to claim as conservative when it's none of that. None of that is true. Conservatism is. 
supporting the U.S. Constitution, supporting freedom and liberty, small government, on and on and on and on and on. So th the whole thing is stupid. It's like, let's not argue about definitions of labels. Can we talk about something that's actually important? I mean, I get it that labels are important, but like, it's just an endless argument. People argue about it all the time. And I have my views about what words mean, and, and you have your views about what labels mean and what the definition of a label is. It's what's the point to argue? You could sit here and argue all day long about what is a conservative and what's a liberal. Where does that get you? What's the point? What I am actually concerned about and what I actually think is important is to talk about um, actual policy, actual beliefs, not not the definition of a word you use to categorize certain beliefs. Here, here's another point. Let me let me ask you this: if you have if you have a liberal and then you have a leftist and they both vote Democrat party line every single election, what good, what good is it to then say, oh, they're so different. They're, they're so, so different. Oh my gosh, look at, they're so different. They're both voting Democrat party line election in and election out. They're Democrats. They're, they're Democrats, period. I mean, frankly, the whole constitutional issue has, I think, become even a clearer dividing line because, you know, only only recently has it become where Democrats where Democrats are openly saying, I don't give a shit about the Constitution. And I, I've debated destiny. I debated destiny on this. I was debating destiny one time and he literally said, dude, you keep you keep arguing, you know, and, and saying stuff about the Constitution. I don't give a shit about the Constitution. What I care about is if it's good policy or not. If it actually has good good results. And so, that, frankly, that's the real dividing line. I think that's the real dividing line in America today. Do you actually support the Constitution or not? Because a lot of these leftists, liberals, Democrats, progressives, they'll out and out say, I don't give a shit about the Constitution. I don't care what the Constitution says. The Constitution was written by slaveholders and racists. It's a scumbag document, blah, blah, blah. You've heard it all. You guys know I'm right. Lots of Democrats believe that now. And that is an extreme, extreme radical position far outside the American mainstream political thought. And let's debate that because why are we going to debate you know, some minor issue when we don't even agree on the foundation. The Constitution is the foundation of our government, the foundation of our law, the foundation of our politics. And what are you going to, you're going to debate some Democrat who doesn't even support the Constitution and you're going to debate them on some issue and you're going to be coming from different planets. So the real, that's the real dividing line. The real dividing line is not Republicans and Democrats. It's not conservatives and liberals it's not socialists and progressives and liberals and socialists no the real dividing line is people who support the constitution and people who don't and i think there is a there is a dividing line too between normal average american people and the establishment ruling class all right look at this ap article associated press article from March 1st Chinese vaccines sweep much of the world despite concerns dude can you imagine can you can you imagine taking a Chinese vaccine for coronavirus 
Quote, the plane laden with vaccines had just rolled to a stop at Santiago's airport in late January, and Chile's president, Sebastian Piñera, was becoming was beaming. Today, he said, is a day of joy, emotion, and hope. Chile's president. The source of that hope, China, a country that Chile and dozens of other nations are depending on to help rescue them from the COVID-19. Sorry, Chile. I pronounced it Chile. Sorry. China's vaccine diplomacy campaign has been a surprising success. It has pledged roughly half a billion doses of its vaccines to more than 45 countries. With just four of China's vaccine makers claiming they're able to produce 2.6 billion doses this year, a large part of the world's population will end up inoculated, not with the fancy Western vaccines boasting headline-grabbing efficacy rates, but with China's humble, traditionally-made shots. Wow. Amid a dearth of public data on China's vaccines, hesitations over their efficacy and safety are still pervasive in the countries depending on them, along with concerns about what China might want in return for deliveries. Wow. Nonetheless, inoculations with Chinese vaccines already have begun in more than 25 countries, and the Chinese shots have been delivered to another 11. Dude, how many Democrats do you know that would want to take the, one of these Chinese vaccines? It's a potential face-saving coup for China, which has been determined to transform itself from an object of mistrust over its mishandling of corona to a savior. Like India and Russia, China is trying to build goodwill and has pledged 10 times more vaccines abroad than it is distributed at home. We're seeing certainly real-time vaccine diplomacy start to play out with China in the lead in terms of being able to manufacture vaccines within China and make them available to others. Some of them donated, some of them sold, some of them are sold with debt financing associated with it. That's not good. That's not good. My point is that China is an evil empire. China is the most evil entity on the face of the earth. The Chinese Communist Party is an evil a government that's ever existed. And I wouldn't, tr and it's disturbing that they're out there pushing these vaccines around the world. I wouldn't trust one of these Chinese vaccines if for anything and this is terrible and i feel bad for all these countries around the world that are getting these chinese vaccines despite concerns china's vaccines sweep the globe wow that's some scary stuff man china's vaccines which can be stored in standard refrigerators are attractive to countries like indonesia a sweltering nation that straddles the equator and could struggle to accommodate the ultra-cold ultra storage needs of vaccines like Pfizer's. The bulk of Chinese shots are from Sinovac and Sinopharm, which both rely on a traditional technology called an inactivated virus vaccine based on cultivating batches of the virus and then killing it. Some countries view it as safer than the newer, less proven tech used by Western competitors that target the coronavirus' spike protein, despite publicly available safety data for the Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca vaccines, and none for China's. I had no idea that there were so many Chinese vaccines going on around the world. <laughs> Dude, Russia's, Russia's vaccine is called the Sputnik 5. <laughs> hey, do you guys want to take the Sputnik vaccine? While the United States and other Western nations have focused on vaccinating their own people, China has pledged roughly half a billion doses of its vaccines to countries around the globe. And despite questions about their effectiveness and safety, people from Chile in Latin America to the African nation of Zimbabwe and Indonesia in China's own backyard are... Okay, 
isn't that a little bit suspicious? Isn't that just a little bit suspicious? The fact that China is not focused on vaccinating its own people. Rather, China is focused on giving out vaccines and selling vaccines to other parts of the world. I don't trust that for a second. Do we really think that the Chinese Communist Party is really out of the goodness of their hearts, really concerned about the rest of the world more than not only their own population, but their own personal power? Listen to the way this article ends. Because of the competition for influence, the poor countries can get earlier access for vaccines. Of course, that's assuming all the vaccines are safe and delivered in the right way. Yeah, big, uh, big if there, huh? Meanwhile, CBS News reporting on March 2nd, Biden says the U.S. will have enough COVID vaccine supply for all adults by the end of May. Whoa, all adults by the end of May. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we're going to have herd immunity by April, according to the Johns Hopkins doctor. <laughs> I mean, how how just absurd is that going to be if um, we reach herd immunity by April and the virus goes away? And then and then we have just millions and millions of vaccine doses laying around significantly sooner than than previously July. Wow. So we were previously shooting for July to have the vaccines. Now Biden is shooting for May. Wonder if that has anything to do with the timing timing of herd immunity. Here's CBS News, March 2nd. Experts sound the alarm on declining birth rates among younger generations. It's a crisis. New data is confirming a baby boom that some doctors expected was actually a baby bust. Health departments in more than two dozen states provided records showing a 7% drop in births in December, nine months after the first lockdowns began. Researchers say it continues a much bigger plunge in fertility. The number of babies the average woman in the U.S. is expected to deliver has dropped from nearly four in the 1950s to less than two today. <laughs> in the 1960s and 1970s, as the world stamped toward 10 billion people, many researchers back then predicted overpopulation would ruin humanity. Huh. Isn't that funny, guys? All the experts, all the experts predicted that humanity would um, be ruined by overpopulation. And again, guess what? We weren't. I guess they were wrong. Biologist Paul Ehrlich once explained the threat as the population bomb. Sometime in the next 15 years, he said in 1968, the end will come. And by the end, I mean an utter breakdown of the capacity of the planet to support humanity. Oh, he said that in 1970. Ha ha ha! Oh, what a joke. I'm surprised CBS News is even reporting this. Since when does CBS News report that the experts and the scientists are dead wrong? Wow. So now, today, after that, the trouble is somebody, Myers, Dal Myers says, the trouble is we overshot and we dropped it down too much now. Population will peak in 2064 and then fall by a billion people by the end of the century. The reason being fewer babies. The U.S. is already below replacement level. Patients are not only worried about their health, but their finances as well. Man, this is sad, dude. Okay, here's my take on this. 
My take on this is that this declining levels of fertility is a symptom of a rotten culture and a rotten society. I think it's a part of the bigger sort of picture where our society is turned turned away from God, turned away from family. Um, and this reduction in having babies is just a symptom of that. And it's a natural result of, of that. And it's absolutely terrible. It's going to make people unhappy. It's going to make people less happy over time. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad. This is greenwitchtime.com. Police forces across the U.S. made more than 20,000 requests last year for footage captured by Ring's video doorbells and other home security cameras underscoring how the rapid growth of inexpensive home surveillance tech has given American law enforcement an unprecedented ability to monitor neighborhood life. Wow, they allow police to request video from camera owners who live near the scene of a crime. The proliferation of surveillance cameras meant millions of unsuspecting people, including camera owners, neighbors, peaceful protesters and anyone else walking down a residential block are being recorded without their knowledge or consent. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, this is crazy. I think this is disturbing. I don't I don't like the idea that we have cameras everywhere recording everybody, especially just in a random neighborhood. I absolutely am opposed to to ring and to having security cameras everywhere. Absolutely not. Oh, a South Florida gunman who killed two FBI agents had been had seen them approaching his door through a home camera before opening fire. Oh, I see why it's a fatal risk. So these criminals are using these cameras to tell when police are coming to their door. And then they just shoot them. Jeez. Why would anybody get like one of these devices like uh like an alexa or google home or any of these things that are literally just recording devices that record 24 7 what's going on in your house and then the same thing with these video cameras except now it's actually recording video and audio at all times for other people to look at i don't know i think it's disturbing plus i don't want you know I think it I think it infringes on people's freedom. I think it infringes on your ability to go about your life and not be constantly tracked and constantly recorded. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Why would anybody put one of those Alexas in their house? Why would anybody put up surveillance at their house? I mean, like I suppose I suppose putting up surveillance at your house is understandable. But doing it through like Ring or doing it through one of these companies where they have access to it and the police can get it, um, I'm I'm a, if I was gonna do surveillance at my house, I would do my own surveillance that's not through an internet company, and make sure that the video is not like available to anybody. But like what I'm saying is, yeah, there's some positives to it. There's no doubt about that. But there's also a significant amount of negatives to it and i think the negatives outweigh the positives yeah i mean i guess everybody everybody has them that's why that that's why now we're under we now live in a surveillance society that's the other big problem it's like yeah everybody thinks it's cool to have one and it's like okay i guess we're all under surveillance now 
Now we you can't you can't go out and do anything without being recorded on video. I just think that sucks. It 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 it, it infringes on your ability to go about your life and not be constantly on video re recordings. I mean, we live in now in a massive, massive, massive surveillance state because of it. And then, and then, yeah, wow, over two thousand. This, this, this says over two thousand police departments have cooperative agreements with Ring. So you're basically not only not only is it causing a surveillance state, but it's literally going to the government. Ring Ring is working with the government to provide surveillance to the government. Like this is this is more this is better this is better mass surveillance by the government than the NSA could hope to do with the their mass surveillance. Now we have government mass mass government surveillance because of Ring. Wonderful. Those partnerships allow officers to ask camera owners within a half square mile of a crime scene to share video that could help with the case and agencies have been seeking out video at a striking rate police in milwaukee now send ring video requests for every homicide and non-fatal shooting in the city last year officers requested video more than 800 times and they always get it right they always gonna get they're always gonna get it most people are gonna be like oh yeah there was a shooting for sure i'll help out the cops yeah here's my ring video I can totally understand why you would want Ring, but I just think the outcome when everybody does it, like Ring would be cool if like you were the only one that did it, but like when everybody does it, now now we live in a surveillance society. I guess that's my my concern with it. All right, here we go. Here's the criticism of Ring. Privacy advocates say the systems threaten to usher in a new age of excessive police surveillance. Los Angeles detectives who said they were investigating sporadic outbursts of physical injuries and property crimes requested videos from ring owners in view of the city's Black Lives Matter protests last summer. Wow. A new age of excessive police surveillance. Mass government surveillance. The request could have netted video of suspected criminals, but it also could have brought in footage of peaceful demonstrators marching against police abuse who called it a chilling reminder of how the cameras could track Americans exercising their First Amendment rights. Public authorities are capitalizing on privately run camera networks and databases. Homeowners probably would object if police officers installed a high-resolution camera aimed at their front door, but they may not object when their neighbors do the installing, even though the end result is the same. In fact, many people pay to do it themselves. <laughs> oh... Yeah, do you want do you want the cops to have a high resolution camera pointed at your door, front door? <laughs> oh man. When we let consumers build a large scale surveillance network that police then get the request from at will, we are essentially letting police skirt the checks and balances they'd otherwise have to address if they wanted to build a closed circuit television network for the government. Proponent of the technology have argued the requests are no different from the traditional police practice of asking people to voluntarily share information that could help solve a crime. Some police and community groups have even given the cameras out for free, believing they could help deter crime or give officers the upper hand. 
Ring emails its police video request directly to the camera owners, including the officer's name and details of the incident, and investigators can ask for 12 hours of footage. Camera owners can ignore the request, but officers said many are eager to comply. Once the video is shared, law enforcement agencies can keep the footage forever and use it or share it, share it however they would like. So that explains basically what Ring's agreement probably says. Ring's agreement with its customers probably says, you know, we won't give out your footage to law enforcement without getting your consent first and then, then they email you when they get one. I've never been actually a private person. I mean, should I live stream on Twitch? I share my entire life with you guys. I share all of my thoughts with you guys. So it's not like I'm like super obsessed with privacy, but still, I don't like the idea of constant, constantly being recorded. Listen to this gun bill though from the Free Beacon. Two new Democrat proposals could force gun buyers to wait almost seven times longer to receive their weapon and ban the private sale of used guns. Democrats seek to expand the federal gun background check system, extend how long the FBI can delay a sale before completing a background check, up to 20 days, also outlawing private sales of used guns, and then they call this common sense gun control. Wow. These Democrats hate the Constitution. Is there a single right in the Bill of Rights that the Democrats are not attacking right now? The Democrats don't support the First Amendment. The Democrats don't support the Second Amendment. The Demo like, Is there any amendment that the Democrats actually agree with? They don't believe in religious freedom. They don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in gun rights. I remember the very first gun I ever bought and what I was, I was 18, 19, 20, something like that. I mean, I had obviously shot guns and, and was, I've been around guns my whole life. I went to hunters, I went to hunter safety when I was 12 or 13. You know, I went hunting with my dad and shot guns when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15. But the very first time I ever bought my own gun by myself, I think I was like 18, 19, 20, something like that. I literally went and bought it on a whim on a lunch hour. It was lunch hour. I I had a lunch break at work and I went across the street or down the road a little ways and across the street to this like sporting goods store and literally bought, bought a Smith and or was it a Smith and Wesson? I think it was a Smith and Wesson 40 caliber pistol, which I still have. And it was literally like, you know, yeah, 15 minutes. It was it was on my lunch break. It was that's how it should be. We have a we have a right to do it you don't you don't have to wait 20 days to it's like you know what if what if we what if we wanted to put 20 days on other rights that democrats are obsessed with what if we said you had to register to vote 20 days before you before the election day oh huh interesting democrats would be opposed to that all we can all we can hope is that this never gets through the senate and that if it does the, the courts strike this stuff down because this is out of control Washington Free Beacon continues its report. The moves come after gun control groups, which spent tens of millions backing Biden, grew impatient with the new administration's lack of immediate action. Uh, hey, gun control groups, Biden can't take immediate action. We have something called a constitution. March for Our Lives and the Community Justice Action lashed out at Biden late February and issued a series of demands. 
said in an email to supporters that introduction of the bills was a direct result of the pressure they put on Congress. March for Our Lives said Thompson's universal background check bill represents a glimmer of hope, but called on Biden to get more involved in its passage. I love to see this because you know what this is? This, you know what this is? This is more of the civil war in the Democrat Party that I've been talking about for months and months and the media has been ignoring. There is a civil war brewing in the Democrat Party and it's showing up in things like the $15 minimum wage. It's showing up in kids in cages. It's showing up in $2,000 checks. It's showing up in gun control. The radical left is getting very unhappy with Joe Biden. He's not nearly extreme enough. Real Clear Politics headlines. State of the Sanders-Biden relationship remains strong. Really? Dude, they're doing, they're going out of their way to say that there's no war in the Democrat Party. Look at this. Politico reporting why Biden is keeping Bernie close. Dude, the media is obsessed with pointing out that there's no civil war in the Democrat Party. The president and the Senate's most recognizable progressive have made sure to work constructively together, even under stressful policy battles. This is because they know that there's about, they, at any moment, there could be a massive civil war breakout in the Democrat Party. So Biden and Bernie are like probably all buddy-buddy trying to prevent what they know is a simmering civil war. As Bernie Sanders fought to include a minimum wage increase inside the corona relief package, he made to sure keep the White House in the loop. And as the administration prepared a video of Biden backing an effort by Amazon workers to unionize in Alabama, the White House made sure members of Sanders' team knew about it too. The collaboration has paid off. Bernie heaped praise on Biden, and as Sanders explored different options for getting a min minimum wage hike into the final bill, only for his plan B to fall apart on Sunday, there was no massive blow-up or notable friction between the senator's office and the White House. Okay, but... um. Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden can be close and ha be buddy-buddy all they want. That's not going to prevent the Bernie bros and all of Bernie Sanders' base and all of the progressives and socialists in the United States from turning their backs on Biden. So I don't even know if political gets it, Politico gets into it in this article, but I assume that they probably don't. But the real story, the real story is, is that the Bernie and the Biden relationship is, they're so focused on it is because they know... Um, there's significant intra-party battles going on and if the to the extent they can stay together and head that off it's better for them um, thank you guys all for being here tonight what a really good stream appreciate it thank you so so much